Please remain standing in honor of God's Word. This morning we're beginning a new series in the book of Proverbs. And this morning we'll look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. This is God's inspired, inerrant, authoritative word. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, as we embark on this new series, we pray that you will send your spirit and give us wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 tells us that if we call out for insight and raise our voice for understanding, if we seek for it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then we will find knowledge, for wisdom comes from your mouth. So I pray this morning that we will hear not the voice of a man, but I pray that we will hear your voice coming through your word. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up? Baseball player, multimillionaire, concert violinist. When my son Caleb was four years old, he said he wanted to be an ice cream man or a pastor or a candy man. Uh, don't ask me what the connection is between those three. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but when was the last time you heard a young person say, when I grow up, I want to be a sage. I want to be a wise person. We want to be rich, famous, successful, but how many aspire to be full of wisdom and knowledge? I don't know what he wanted to be when he was really young, but I do know that in his early adult years, there was at least one man who wanted to be wise, namely Solomon. Some of you may recall that in 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, not Corinthians, 1 Kings chapter 3, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and he said, ask me for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. That's like the genie coming out of the bottle saying, let me grant your wish. And what did Solomon ask for? Solomon didn't ask to be rich. He didn't ask for the death of his enemies. He didn't ask for long life. He prayed that the Lord would give him wisdom, a discerning heart, so that he could govern God's people appropriately. And in 1 Corinthians 3.12, the Lord said, Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. And it is this God-given wisdom from Solomon that we are looking at in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, you may know, is part of that group of literature that we refer to as wisdom literature, along with Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. 
And if you should acquire wisdom, I want you to know right up front the blessings that God may bring your way. If you have your Bibles, this is what we read in Proverbs 3, 13 to 17. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Isn't that wonderful? If you get wisdom, you may also get long life, riches, honor, and peace. Now, this morning, we're going to have an introduction to the book of Proverbs, and I want to look at it under three headings if you're taking notes. Uh, First, we'll look at the purpose of Proverbs, and then the audience of Proverbs, and then the reception of Proverbs. So let's begin with the purpose of Proverbs, and this is where the book begins. Verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. I think that perhaps the need for wisdom in our culture is greater than it has ever been in the history of our nation. And I say that because of the current hostility that surrounds Christianity and even basic biblical teaching. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by basic biblical teaching? How about the teaching that God created man in his own image? In his own image, God created man, male and female. He created them. I would not have imagined that even five years ago, a Supreme Court nominee would have stumbled over the question, what is a woman? And it gets worse. If you boldly declare that you know what a woman is, you may be described as a hateful bigot. And if right now you are feeling just a little bit uncomfortable, that's a sign of the hostility that is coming towards very, very basic biblical teaching. In Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said to his disciples, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. The book of Proverbs is designed to help us navigate through life wisely in this hostile world. Now, look at what Solomon said in verse 6. I think this is interesting. He said, To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So he wants us to understand proverbs and riddles. Let's begin with proverbs. What's a proverb? A proverb is an aphorism or a principle that is generally true. It's generally true, not, not always It's not like an Ikea step-by-step manual for putting together a coffee table. We would like it to be like that. You know, we would like for God to say, this is step one, this is step two, 
This is step three, and this is step four. And when you follow these steps in the precise order, then presto, changeo, you have riches, success, honor, and your children will be the envy of your neighbors. Doesn't always work like that. They're generally true. For example, in Proverbs 16, 7, we read, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Generally speaking, when you please the Lord, he'll make your enemies at peace with you. But is that always true? One just has to think of Jesus. He pleased the Lord, right? There's no doubt about that. Were his enemies at peace with him? No, they weren't even at peace with him after they killed him and he was laying in the grave. Uh, Proverbs also provides insight into how the world works. For example, Proverbs 14.4. I like this one. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come from the strength of the ox. The ox is the ancient equivalent of the modern John Deere tractor. Uh, if you wanted to get your fields ready, you needed a strong animal to help you plow, and the best animal would be the ox. But here's the difficulty. If you have a barn full of ox, you know what you also have in that once clean barn? You now have a mess because of all those ox. But in addition to that mess, you also have an abundant harvest, Lord willing. This is, this is my own application of the proverb. Every once in a while, some of you have probably heard me say this around here. We'll be cleaning up or fixing a mess, and I'll say, we could have a clean church if it wasn't for all these people. <laughs> that's, that's my application of that, of that proverb. Here's another one, uh, Proverbs 21, 17. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. So it's, it's a warning if you love expensive wines and oils and you indulge in those, you, you may not be rich. We could say it this way, beware of having champagne taste on a beer budget. Or beware of having sex. Fifth Avenue taste on a Walmart budget, however, however you would like to say it. But Proverbs gives us insight into how life works. Then it's interesting that Solomon also mentioned that he wants us to understand riddles. I find that interesting. If you want to think of someone who told riddles in the Bible, we could think of Samson. On one occasion he said, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Anybody know the answer to the riddle? What's the sweet? The honey. What's the strong? The lion. Very good. And perhaps the ultimate riddler was Jesus himself. Many of the parables we could look at from the perspective of being riddles that he wanted the disciples to solve. Remember he told the parable of the soils? You know, the sower goes out and he plants the seed and he just indiscriminately to tosses it everywhere and some fell among rock and among thorns and was, and was choked and, and some on good soil. And, and the disciples were like, Lord, what does this mean? They weren't able to solve the riddle and, and he explained the riddle to them. Part of the answer was that which fell on hard ground represents Satan coming and take away, 
taking away the seed so that it doesn't bear fruit. And those among the thorns is, is choked out. And the answer to the riddle was that that's, that's like the cares of this world. And in troubles, it chokes out the word so it doesn't bear fruit. But then some of it fell on good soil and, and bore a, a great harvest, 30, 60, even a, a hundredfold because of God's blessing. But Solomon, he wants us to have knowledge and understanding. He wants us to understand these proverbs and these riddles so that we can have wisdom. So that's the purpose of Proverbs. Number two, the audience of Proverbs. Um, it will become clear as we progress through Proverbs that it's a, a compilation of practical wisdom. We've already seen a few examples of that. Uh, but specifically, the audience he has in mind is a son or sons, plural. For example, verse 8. Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. And we'll see many other examples. So basically, most of Proverbs, not all of it, most of it is Solomon writing to his son or sons. So Proverbs is a handbook for rearing godly sons. Um, I wrote a book on Proverbs, and, and the subtitle said, A Handbook for Rearing Godly Sons, and in parentheses I put, and daughters. And a woman, not a part of this church, was helping with the editing, and she said, Why did you put daughters in parentheses? Aren't they as important as the sons? And I was like, No, 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 that, that's not the reason. I put it in parentheses because it's directed Toward sons, but it also applies to daughters. So that was my clarification. For example, think of uh, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. This is an acrostic poem which describes the excellent wife. And I would say to the men, especially the young men, look at this excellent wife in Proverbs 31, and you find such a woman, and you marry such a woman. And then the application for the ladies among us is you aspire to become this type of excellent wife. So there's the application for the men. There's the application for the women. I'm not leaving anybody out. Now specifically, notice what we read in verse 4. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. What we have here is Hebrew parallelism, which means the simple person and the youth are one in the same. Uh, generally speaking, proverbially speaking, if you will, wisdom comes with age. And again, generally speaking, not always, there are exceptions. Uh, we find one exception in the book of Job. Uh, in chapter 32, Elihu finally waits to speak. He's been listening to Job. He's been listening to Job's three friends. And as he has been patiently waiting, he's waiting for wisdom, or he was waiting for wisdom to come forth, but it was not coming forth. And this is what we read in Job 32, beginning at verse 1. So these three men ceased to answer Job, because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then Elihu, the son of Barachel, burned with anger. 
He burned with anger at Job because he justified himself rather than God. He burned with anger also at Job's three friends because they had found no answer, although they had declared to Job that he be in the wrong. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were older than he. And verse 6, And Elihu answered and said, I am young in years, and you are aged. Therefore I was timid and afraid to declare my opinion to you. I said, Let days speak, and many years teach wisdom. But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. It is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who get understanding of what is right. So wisdom usually comes with age, but not always. Ultimately, wisdom comes from God. But notice that Solomon is directing his wisdom uh, to young people. And young people, you need wisdom. You need understanding. You don't have it yet. Even if you think you may have it. I remember, I don't know, a year or so ago, at one of our fellowship feasts, we had a, we had a new driver in our, in our congregation, a 16-year-old who just got their driver's license. And, and they, were, they were saying, I'm a good driver. And I said, you're 16 years old. And they said, yeah, but I'm a good driver. I said, you're 16 years old. <laughs> I didn't elaborate at the time, but what I want is you're 16 years old. You haven't had enough experience with ice. Snow, drivers who tailgate you in traffic, those who blow right through stoplights or stop signs, and I could continue on. You're a new driver. Come back to me in about five years, and then you can tell me that you're a good driver. You need time. You need experience. So Solomon is directing his wisdom to the young so that they, that they can learn. But, but... Let me hasten to add, lest some of you older folks, even you with gray on top, think that this series is only for the young people among us, notice what Solomon says in verses 5 and 6. Let the wise hear. Think you're wise? Think you're understanding? This is what Solomon says. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who has understanding obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and the riddles. So as we begin this new series, rest assured that Proverbs is for all of God's children. And if you think that you've already arrived with wisdom and don't have anything to learn from the book of Proverbs, you probably more than anybody else needs a book of Proverbs. So the purpose of Proverbs to get wisdom, the audience of Proverbs, all of us. Now let's consider the reception of Proverbs. Simply put, it's for children and adults to understand Proverbs and riddles that will impart wisdom, which requires discipline and training. Look at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom 
and discipline. Next week, we're going to look at the beginning of wisdom, which comes from the fear of the Lord. But let's look at the second half of that verse. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That word instruction could also be translated discipline, chastening, correction, or punishment. And those aren't mutually exclusive. Often with instruction, you, you have correction. Think of somebody taking pitching, pitching lessons. And I know a gentleman right up front who's taking pitching lessons. And he, he is being instructed. His instructor is kind of young. He's eight years old. Uh, his instructor is not eight years old. He is looking for someone with more knowledge than him. So he has a major league baseball player. But he's receiving instruction. And along with that comes correction. No, let me help you work on your form. Uh, the same could be true of piano lessons or voice lessons. Your, your teacher is going to give you instruction. No, that's not how you hold your fingers. Same could be true of, of math lessons. You, you need to receive instruction. So wisdom or proficiency includes instruction and correction. And we want to be open to that. We want to be open to correction. If you'll allow me one more baseball illustration, I apologize, but yesterday Zach and I were on a college visit and we watched a baseball game and, and one of the guys on the team that we were watching got picked off at first base. Debbie, if you don't know what that means, you can talk to Carl afterwards, but <laughs> she said I know nothing about baseball. He got picked off and embarrassingly he had to jog back to his dugout across the field just before he got to the dugout. The third base coach called him over. <laughs> and, I, and I hear one of the parents say, oh, this is a good teaching moment. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that poor guy. You know, everybody's watching him, you know. I wonder, I wonder, wonder what his mindset at that, at that moment was. This is what Proverbs 13.1 says. A wise son hears a father's instruction, or coach, or teacher, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. In that moment when you're corrected, you, do you listen to the rebuke? Now here, once again, we have Hebrew parallelism, but this time it, it's opposites. Either you're going to be wise and you're going to listen, or you're going to be a, a scoffer and you're not going to listen. I won't ask you to do this. But if I was to ask you this question, how many scoffers do we have among us this morning? I, I wonder how many hands would go up. Yep, that's me, Pastor. I am a scoffer. That, that's me. My, my guess is that hardly anybody would raise their hand. But let me ask you another question. How do you respond when somebody points out an area of concern in your life. How do you respond in that moment? We're told that the wise hear, they listen, they, they consider what they have heard. doesn't mean that they agree with what they've heard, but they, they're willing to listen to what the other person has to say. The scoffer, on, on the other hand, doesn't listen. They, they get defensive. They're easily triggered. Which, which describes you when someone points out 
something in your life. It's, it's easy to think, I'm not the scoffer, that's, that's not me. But in real life, where the rubber meets the road and you do make a mistake and, and you get picked off, not at first base, but maybe of something that you're doing in life that you shouldn't have done, how, how do you respond when, when someone pulls, pulls you aside? Kids, how, how do you respond when mom or dad tell you to clean your room or, or do your homework? Do you roll your eyes? That's a scoffer. That, that's a scoffer in that, in that moment. Or do you say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, if not out loud, at least, at least in your heart with your, your attitude. And adults, just in case you think you're getting off the hook, again, how, how do you respond? when someone says something offensive to you. If you are in this congregation long enough, I promise you, unfortunately I have to promise you, that sooner or later, just like any family, someone is going to say something to you that is offensive, hurtful. How do you respond? I'm not saying you agree with them. I'm not even saying they're right. But I'm asking, how do you respond in that moment? How you respond in that moment is your test. God is testing you. And he is showing you, living color, right in front of you, whether you are a wise person or a scoffer. Whether you are a humble person who will listen, or whether you are an arrogant person who will have the attitude of, how dare you question me or speak to me like that? Now, now, trust me, okay, I have to throw this caveat in, trust me, okay, I am not excusing comments that are rude, inappropriate, insulting, but the wise man, the wise woman will overlook them because he or she has a clear conscience before God. Consider another proverb, twelve sixteen. fools show their annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Again, in that, in that moment, you, you prove yourself to be, a, to be a fool or a prudent man or, or a woman. You're going to be easily annoyed, smallest little criticism, or can you just overlook the insult? Easier said than done, right? Remember, many years ago, we had a woman in this church. She didn't stay for very long. But she said, my job is to speak the truth and love to people. I think she said that about two weeks after her conversion. I was like, you might want to get a little more knowledge under your belt. But she, she saw that as her job, you know, speak the truth and love. I'm just going to work my way through the congregation. And <laughs> uh, That is not what I am advocating here, okay? What I'm advocating is that when someone does speak to us, that we are wise people. And we take it in stride, if you will, that we prove ourselves to be wise and prudent men and women of God by our responses. So that's the purpose of Proverbs, the audience and reception of Proverbs. Now here's something I want you to realize. Even many unbelievers can benefit from Proverbs. Here's one I remember hearing for the first time back in college shortly after my conversion, Proverbs uh, 24, 27. Prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, 
And after that, build your house. That's good wisdom in an agrarian culture. Uh, the first thing you want to do, you want to get your field ready. You want to make sure everything's planted so that when fall comes, you can live. <laughs> you, can, you can have food to eat so that you can survive. If instead of taking care of the fields, you say, I'm tired of living in a tent. It's time for me to build my house. Uh, nope, nope. That, that time will come after you get the fields taken care of so that a harvest can come in the fall. Then you can, then you can move on. And even an unbeliever, if he follows that advice in the modern applications that we could make today, uh, he will be blessed by, by that wisdom. However, I want to add that true lasting wisdom requires more than just a willingness to humbly listen to others and to put into practice common sense proverbs it also requires the fear of the lord this wisdom will not come our way apart from god this this is what we read in in luke 2 or excuse me luke 12:13 someone in the crowd said to jesus teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, the land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I imagine that from the outside, this man probably looked like a, a wise and shrewd farmer. And in many ways, he was. That was probably part of the reason why he was successful. Whenever I see successful people, I assume generally, proverbially, that they're probably smart, hardworking, and industrious. That's, that's how they got there. But notice that from Jesus' eternal perspective, such a man was a fool. And Proverbs wants us to be blessed not only in this life and in the life to come. And that wisdom comes from God alone and that type of wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord which we will talk about next week let's close in prayer father for quite a while now we've had on the back of our bulletin the prayer request that you would give us wisdom and it's hard to take it down because 
this is something that we need on a regular basis. Father, we thank you for your word that gives us wisdom. We thank you for wisdom literature. We thank you for the book of Proverbs. And I want to ask that your blessing will rest upon this study. And that by the end of this study, we will find that we are wiser than we were at the beginning. Not just because we were instructed and corrected, but also because we looked to you for wisdom and we grew in the fear of the Lord. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.